Good morning, everyone. Hard to believe it's March already. Um, I'm going to be reading from 1 John chapter 2. And you remember last time I was on chapter 1. And then. Um, Just to remind everyone about it. Um, we talked about being disheartened when we sin, how Jesus purifies us from all sin, and the importance of fellowship. <clears throat> um, so in 1 John chapter 2, there's a lot there's a lot in this chapter and I wouldn't have no time to go through the whole lot of it. So I try to keep it to the to the basics and uh, to get straight to the point. Um, so I was gonna start reading. First John chapter two, one to fourteen. My dear children. I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to us, or sorry, speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys the word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have heard since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you fathers, because you have known him who was from the beginning. I write to you young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you dear children, because you know the Father. Sorry, because you have known the Father. I write to you fathers, because you have known him who was from the beginning. I write to you young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Amen. Um, so starting off in verse 1. <clears throat> My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in their defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And when John was writing this through the Holy Spirit, um, 
John knew we're going to sin. You know, we live in these sinful bodies. We are going to sin. Um, but we have one who speaks to us in their defence, and that is Jesus Christ. And so I love about the Bible because it, you can always back up scripture with scripture. And um, if you go to Romans chapter 8, verse 34, and it's great because these are two different apostles. You have Paul and you have John confirming the same, the same things. So Romans chapter 8, verse 34, and it says, who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. You know, we're in Christ and when we will, some of us, we will fall, um, like we sin through our thoughts, our words, our actions, but Jesus is always there in the Satan for us and it's his blood that we're forgiven and um, he'll never leave you and he'll never let you go and when I was looking at that verse um, I was thinking if you remember the 99 sheep but I might say 100 sheep so it was 100 sheep and one wandered off the love of Christ has for every one of us individually. He will leave that 99 and he'll go for that one who wandered off and bring him back into the flock. That's how much the love Jesus has for us individually. That he will, the 99 are fine, you know, they're strong in the faith, they're grand. He'll go for that one to bring him back. And, you know, it's, we do see a few of our brothers and sisters have gone their own ways or we don't, we don't know what's what's going on but we always have the hope that you know jesus will bring them back he'll never leave them he'll bring them back and um, so moving on to phase two and um, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours but also for the sins of the whole world and um, so again, John's telling us that, that Jesus is the atonement sacrifice for our sins. And Paul also backs it up in Romans 3.25. And it says, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in the forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. In the Old Testament, um, you know, the sacrificed animals, it was the blood of animals that made them clean, but there was no true forgiveness for the sins. That's why Christ with his blood is the ultimate sacrifice 
there's no more animals that can save us, just, just Christ's blood and that is it. Um, like our sins had to be paid for and it couldn't go unpunished. That's why Jesus was the atoning sacrifice. He paid a in full for us. It's true, faith in his blood were saved. Amen. Um, so, you know, you can imagine if Jesus didn't go to that cross, you know, our sins, did, like, there's only one way. And you don't know where that is. And <laughs> um, verse 3, moving on. Um, We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. And I was only saying this to Brian there on Wednesday, you know. So what are the commands we're to obey, to know? There's two commands that we're to obey to know. And we can find these commands in Force John. 3 21 to 24 and this is a letter to uh, an elder and it goes on first five read that way no sorry First John, chapter three. I'm on the wrong way. Yeah, verse twenty-one to twenty-four. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and receive from Him anything we ask, because we obey His commands and do what pleases Him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of the Son of Jesus Christ and to love one another as he has commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Now we're saved by the fourth command, to believe in his name and this is how we know we're in him, if we love one another. That's how we know we're in Christ, if we love one another. And the same again for unbelievers. And I move on to verse 4. The man who says I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar and the truth is not in him. The John reminds us how to how we know we're in Christ and to know who is not. Um, for example, anyone who does not believe in what Christ did for us on the cross is not a believer. You have to, 
if no one believes that Jesus died on the cross for us, he's not a believer. Anyone who does not love his brother or sister in Christ is not in Christ. It's not in him. We can't have hate for one another. You know, we can't. Yeah, we basically can't hate one another. We have to love one another. And that's how we know that Christ is in us. You know, same when someone comes in off the street, you know, we can't give the enemy a foothold in the body. You know, we're to test the spirits, we're to, we test the spirits and we're to, you know, Yeah, move on. Lost that one. <laughs> um, but I'll just move on to verse 5. Um, but if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. John tells us how we know we're in him if we go to 1 John chapter 4. Verse 12, and this is the letter to the, to, the, uh, to the elder. He was writing to an elder, and um, goes on. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So if you remember what John Solomon was preaching last week, he gave us the question, do we love Jesus? And, you know, when we, when we answer that question, the next question you have to ask, do you love your brother and sister? And the way I myself would answer that, would ask that question, would you sacrifice your time for them? Would you put them first? Would you give them your last? And the hardest one of them all is, would you die for them? Would you die for your brother and sister? If the time came, you ask yourself the question, would you die for your brother and sister? Because that's what Jesus did. He died for us. He put us forced, he was our sacrifice, he gave us our last, and he died for us. And that brings us on to verse 6. Whoever claims to live, him, live in him must walk as Jesus did. So Jesus sacrificed himself for us. He puts sinners forced and he watches over the believers. He had so much love for us, he died for me and you. Walking as Jesus did is obeying the word and showing love to one another. Being a light to people around you, putting others forced before yourself. And yeah, it was, you know what? I would put it to people, you know, 
when the opportunity comes, would you put a brother or sister first before your own? It is a hard thing to do because, you know, our flesh doesn't want us to do it. But um, you do feel the joy when you do it. And it's, a, it's, it's nice. I'm moving on to verse 7. They're friends. I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. So what is this old command that was given to us from the beginning? And finally, if we go to 2 John, verse 5 and 6, this is, what, this is the one that was written to the elder. Um, So first five and six in second John. And now dear lady, I am writing I am not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands, and as you have heard from the beginning, this command is that you walk in love. That's the old command that we've been given from the beginning is to tell us sorry in this in this world it's you know would you agree with me it's it's hard to walk in a world full of hate full of death full of sin evil skins evil schemes and the truth of that is it, it is but where lamps in the darkness and Jesus has overcome the world and you know don't be surprised you know the world is gonna hate us because the light exposes the darkness and alas like when you are praying you know pray for those who want to hold you pray for those who are hateful towards you Pray for those who laugh at you. And it brought me to a verse, you remember when Jesus was dying on the cross. Now you think about this, right? Jesus was, he was being mocked. They were spitting at him. He was in a horrendous amount of pain. And one of his last words was, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. And that's in, in Luke chapter 23, 34. There's a great example. Imagine that like, people are mocking you, they're, they're spitting at you, they're, they're saying all horrendous things about you and, you know, the pain, especially the pain that you're going through at that moment. And Jesus had so much love that he was still able to turn around and ask the Father to forgive them. And that amazes me. And we're to do the same. You know, you've... I was reading the um, the church and change the, 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 and to see our brothers and sisters what they're going through. You know, white class Ireland. We, we have a luxury. We we don't have that here. And thank God because you know, reading their stories, it's it can be it can be frightening and terrifying. But I know 
that they're holding on to the Lord, their faith is strong, and the Lord hasn't forgotten about them. And um, I do avoid them for it. Because one day there is going to be a time where it is going to come to Ireland. Like it's already slowly, you can see it coming into Ireland, slowly. It's coming to our skills, it's coming into our workplaces, even people, neighbours, people we know. So every day it's a battle. The enemy doesn't want us to pray, he doesn't want us to worship God or show love, doesn't want us to bring people to Christ doesn't want us to know how much God loves us and how valuable we are to them. The enemy wants us to stay quiet. He wants us to stay in our sin and he wants us to worship him. But do you know what? I love this actually. Do you know what conquers all of this? One word and that is love. The love that comes from Christ because we are in him and him in us amen you know love conquers all love conquers fear conquers darkness evil you know I've often done that where you know a neighbor or someone I don't know you know will say something mean to me or something bad to me but they're actually kind of shocked so I just take a step back to say why this fella isn't slagging me back or saying that and like you know he's being nice to me it it kills the the darkness and it, it's great um i'm moving on to first a um yet i am writing you a new command it's true is saying in him and you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. So we all know that Jesus is the true light. The new command is love. Seen in him and us. And it makes the darkness fade away. In verse 9. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in darkness. You know, John goes on to tell us, you know, it's, it's a big deal. Anyone who hates his brother or sister is still in darkness. You, you know, you, you can't walk in Christ and hate a brother or a sister. In verse 10, whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. Again, if you love your brother and sister, you're in the light. You're in Christ. And you, you can't stumble. In the, if you're walking in darkness, you don't know where you're going, what you're doing. You're like a rogue wave. You're going all over the place. But when you're in Christ, it's the straight and narrow. You know, every, everything makes sense. Life makes sense. So, in verses 12, 
In uh, verses 12 to 14, <coughs> I tried my best to explain each one of these as an example. I do admit that this one was a hard one. Um, but I'll go on and I'll give an example for, for, for each one. It's a small little example. And then after this, then we have the, the, the bread. And um, yeah, so. I'll explain these as best I can, please. Um, oh, verse 12. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on the count of his name. And these are those who experience forgiveness through Christ. We're on to Tordain. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who was from the beginning. The older men, the fathers, were mature in the faith, and had a long-standing relationship in Christ. I write to the young men because you have overcome the evil one. The young men had struggled with Satan, Satan's temptations, and has overcome them. I write to you children, sorry, I write to you dear children, because you have known the Father. These are the boys and the girls had learned about Christ and begin their spiritual journey each stage of his life, sorry, each stage of life in the Christian life builds upon the other. And children learn about Christ. As children learn about Christ, they grow. Verse 14, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who was from the beginning. Again, these are the, the older adults have known Christ for years, have developed the wisdom to teach. Finally, I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. This is, we grow stronger through God's word and defeating temptation. Amen. I'll just go back just to, to remind everyone, you know, as John said, if you can ask that question, do you love Jesus? Then the next question is to ask, do you love your brother and sister? Um, would you sacrifice your time for them? Would you put them first? Would you give them your last? And the big one, would you die for them? And the two commands is to believe in his name, the one we're saved, and to, uh, to love one another. And I will leave it there. Thank you.